Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. Father, we thank you for your word this morning that is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword that pierces even to the division of uh, bone and marrow and, 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 and uh, uh, soul and spirit and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So Father, I thank You that Your Word can go where the knife of man cannot go, Father. Do a deep work within us. Father, I thank You. We yield our minds to You this morning. Lord, let the Word come. Let the washing of the water of Your Word come. Wash out every high place that has exalted itself in ideologies. Father, we thank You that there is a flexibility, Lord, that we are a teachable people. We are a humble people ready to receive Your Word so that we can grow and go from glory to glory to glory in the mighty Name of Jesus. And all those that love the Lord said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to go ahead and begin to say this. Some of the symptoms of uh, something being off in our walk with the Lord uh, is when we are going through a place where we feel stagnant or we are going through a place where we love the Lord, but there's just kind of like, we're, we almost feel like we're in a dry place. Are you with me? And, uh, and, and sometimes that happens to us, even if we've been in the way for 15 or 20 or 30 years, amen. Come on, are you with me? So it doesn't matter how long you've been in the ministry or how long you've been serving God. Sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, after that many years, you know, God, instead, of forming, instead of God forming a big heart on the inside of us, he, we manage to form a big head. Are you with me? And so we become top heavy with so much religious ideology and God's wanting to break past all of that because His desire for you is never that you're in a place of stagnancy. Say this with me, God doesn't want me stagnant. All right, y'all, God wants you to be a fresh well flowing with living water. All right, I'll never forget it. And I might have shared it just a couple of weeks ago because we're, we're talking about the spirit of revelation here. I'm gonna get into some scriptures, and uh, um, but but what I want to say is this: is I'll never forget years back, probably in the early 2000s, as I was praying. I, I remember I was in an apartment in in Florida, and I was praying, and I kept on hearing the phrase, and and you, like I said, you probably heard me say this just recently, but I'll say it again. I heard the phrase. Uh, um, I'm just trying to think exactly how the verbiage went. It was uh, walk like a vulture or fly like an eagle. And that's what I kept on hearing for days, like for three days in a row. You know, and that happens to me a lot. God talks to me sometimes in pictures, sometimes in, in a looping video vision. God talks to me in um, uh, 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 these sentences, like I said, and even through visions, just regular pictures. And He speaks to me. But when He usually speaks to me in those sentences and He's trying to really get something across to me, He'll speak until I actually eventually ask Him the question, what is it that you're trying to say? You know, so normally, you know, you'd think I'd learn my lesson, but it'll take me like three days and then eventually I'll go like, okay, what are you trying to tell me? When that's what I should have been asking to start with. And so I kept on hearing this, walk like vultures or fly like an eagle. 
and God showed me the pictures of, of a vulture and, and the vultures stay down on the ground. Well, I mean, they're flying, but, but they don't do much work in order to get the food that they need. I mean, they will feast on a dead carcass. Are you with me? They will feast on things that are dead. The eagle, however, is a bird of prey. And so you can do a complete, how many of you have ever heard a teaching on the eagle? Anybody here? The abilities of the eagle, and that's not what I'm getting into, but y'all know, for those of you that have heard about it, the, 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 the abilities, the, the eyesight of the eagle is something extraordinary. The way it, it sheds all of its feathers and then gets all of its feathers back, its wingspan, how it flies, how it hunts its prey is absolutely incredible. And there's so much spiritual parallels there to the life of the believer. And, and in fact, I think there's even a book called The Eagle Christian. And so, uh, but the point of the matter is, is this eagle flies up at, at, at incredible heights and its eyesight, it can spot out its prey for miles, from miles away, something like a squirrel or a little mouse or a rodent and it will see it. But the difference between the vulture and the eagle is that the eagle will feast on live prey. Are you with me? The, the, the food that it eats is alive. It's not a dead, it's not dead meat and it's not a, a it's, it's coming from something that's alive and so the spiritual connotation that I'm wanting to bring here and the Lord when the Lord said to me you either walk like a vulture or you fly like an eagle and he began to show me and he began to show me the condition of a lot of the churches that we are feasting on the dead meat of yesterday's manna. Are you with me? We're feasting on the carcass. It's easy to just carry on having a carcass and feeding on what was great to us yesterday. His mercies are new every morning. Are you with me? And so the, the eagle, however, eats fresh meat. What does the fresh meat mean? It's the revelation. How many of you know the, the Bible talks about the meat of His Word, the meat? Come on. In fact, I believe in the book of Hebrews, it talks that we're unskilled in the word of righteousness, needing milk, but those that are mature eat the meat. Somebody say meat. All right, the meat belongs to the mature and the meat is never, God is never serving. He says, I prepare a table for you in the midst of your enemies. The table of God's abundance. Even like Mephibosheth, when he was taken back in, he had a table at the, he had a, he had a seat for him at the king's table and he felt rejected, but he was then restored. But the table was loaded up with, come on, think about a king's feast right now, if you would. Whatever depictions Hollywood has put in front of your head, imagine that time as a hundred in retrospect to the way God sees a feast for you. And he says, I prepare a feast for you. I prepare a table full of food. And I assure you, the food on God's table for your life contains no dead carcasses. It only contains things that are fresh. All right, they've, I'm not talking about wiggling things on the table that are still moving, although in some cultures you might still get a little bit of an octopus that's still moving and they eat those while they're still alive. Uh, uh, you know, hey, that's as fresh as you're gonna get. But the point is at the table of the Lord, there is fresh meat, fresh everything, fresh spiritual nutrition that will feed you and take you out of the place of dryness. Are you with me? That'll take you out of that barren place. It'll take you, in other 
other words, you know, there's always, you're always carrying something on the inside of you because the Word of God is alive. It is powerful and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Come on, somebody give Jesus a shout of praise. So God is wanting us to have revelation. Somebody say revelation. All right, we're gonna start here. Just give me one second. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says this. And, and I'm just gonna read through this quickly and move on. It says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a, work, a workman who does not need to be ashamed. We've all heard the Scripture, study to show yourself to be approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Somebody say rightly dividing. All right, so the whole key in that verse is about rightly dividing the Word of God so that He can bring understanding that produces life on the inside of you. Amen? So when we're studying the Word of God, it's not about how much you can parrot fashion, get the Bible. I mean, even if you had the ability and you had some sort of a wand that you could tap on the Bible and you could make, you know, turn the, the living Word into some liquid form and then have a funnel in your head and pour it all into you. God's not looking for you to pour just Logos into your head. God's not interested in you getting a fat head. He is interested in you having a fat heart full of His revelation. All right? So what use is it? I mean, it's no better for you to actually just memorise the whole book of the Lord of the Rings. Because come on, if you treat the Word like any other book, it will do for you what any other book can do. Are you with me? We've got to have the involvement of the Holy Spirit. It says, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Somebody say, divide. So the Word divides. Jesus, who is the Word? Jesus is the Word and He divided our understanding into a new understanding. Because before the cross, we functioned one way and after the cross, we functioned another. When Jesus said, it is finished at the cross, we entered into a whole new realm of glory. Are you with me? That was not the same as the moment before. After, I mean, just literally the very moment, three seconds before He said those, words, we were in one time and place. And the moment He uttered, it is finished. From there onwards, we entered into a new era called the age of the new covenant, the age of the church, the dispensation and time that you are living in now. We were chosen to be alive for such a time as this. So come on somebody. So when the Bible says, study to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth, the rightly dividing there is actually speaking about learning how to separate the covenants. It's not how much of the Bible you can get in and rightly try to understand. It's actually covenantal language. It's referring to one thing and that is splitting up the old from the new. And here we are in a church age where there is so much of the carcass meat coming in, even into the new covenant church. What is that called? It's called a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Somebody say that with me. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. How much leaven? How much leaven? 
Oh, so a little leaven leavens the whole lamp. Huh. Don't you know, second, I think it's second, uh, Songs of Solomon, Song of Songs, chapter two, verse 15. Yea, verily, don't you know that it is the small foxes, yea, the small foxes that destroy the vine. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little too much ingredients when you are baking a cake will either make the cake rise or it will make it come out like a dense, dense pancake or a UFO frisbee that you can throw at somebody's head like a weapon. Come on. And we have too many believers in the kingdom of God regurgitating a UFO theology. Because a little leaven got into the lump. And instead of being airy and fluffy, and I'm not talking about being fluffy in, in, in the wrong sense of, uh, you know, come on, I, I'm just talking about being a healthy, beautiful, baked cake. Somebody that cooks cakes here, come on, say amen. And instead of being that beautiful, how many of you hate having a dry cake when you cut down and it's just dry? I mean, look, if it's dry to me, I'll go flat out and I'll take half and half right out of my fridge and I'll pour the half and half on that cake and, and get it to produce produce what I wanted to produce for me. But, but my f- idea of a cake is when it rises, I mean, it is fluffy. And not only is it fluffy, when you begin to eat it, it just, there's a moisture to it. It's fluffy and airy and, and the tastes are all there and you just chew on it and, and it just goes down. You don't even have to take a sip of anything. I mean, it is a glorious occasion, amen? Did I just make you hungry? I just, I just got you thinking about food right now. Come back in Jesus' name. <laughs> You're all getting cake. But are you with me? Come on. So, so a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So that's what we've got to. Come on. Can we connect with that word here this morning to understand? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. And we don't want to get into legalism and say, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this and you can't do it. We're not going to get into legalism here because we believe in being free. There's many things that I would love to say, but the Holy Spirit prohibits me. And the reason He prohibits me is because I don't want to say something behind the pulpit that will put any sort of law and legalism on you because if the truth arrives at your heart at the wrong time, you might do the right thing from what you're hearing, but your heart might not be in the right place. And all we're doing is we're producing a people who know how to behave right, but their heart is not even in the position. So they behave right, but their spirit hasn't received the revelation yet. Are you with me? There's many things I would like to say, but I can't say them. I feel like I'm about, sometimes I'll even get up and I'm going to say, then I'll say, you know what? And then I'll just shift and I'll I'll move on to something else because it might not be ready for me to say Are you with me? And that's not like I'm withholding. Please understand. It's within the context of being led by the Spirit and having the mind of Christ and the wisdom of the Lord. Amen. And that's what we're talking right here in in, uh, 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 the book of Ephesians, 
uh, chapter 1, verse 15. You can actually write that down from one, uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 15 through 23. Therefore, ask, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all of the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. Somebody say spirit of wisdom. It says here the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So we understand from Ephesians here, there's the spirit of wisdom and there's the spirit of revelation. And we learned this just a couple of weeks on the tail end of a service. I had to compress everything into a five minute sermon. And the wisdom there in, 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 uh, uh, is, is the word Sophia. That's what Sophia's wisdom stands for in the Greek, Sophia. That God gives us the spirit of wisdom. The word revelation is the word apocalypsis. What is revelation? Something that has been revealed. In other words, the anointing has brought revelation. Come on, it's like that eagle flying down, scooping up that fresh meat and the eyes of your understanding. Come on, being enlightened. That's exactly what it continues to say. In the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. Somebody say that, that I may know. So without the spirit of wisdom and revelation, we might not fully know what is the hope of His calling for us who are saints according to, the, according to us being transferred, transferred into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of His dear Son. Are you with me? So, so there is the spirit of wisdom and there is the spirit of revelation that brings enlightenment to us. I'm not talking new ageism here. Oh, we're gonna be enlightened. Today, I'm talking about enlightenment from the revelation of the Word of God that produces life on the inside of you. So let me just go off the pages here, if you will, just for a minute. When I talk about the, the, the spirit of revelation and wisdom and the life of God, you see the revelation that I'm talking to you about right now is, is what I'm trying to say is when I come here on a Sunday morning, you, you understand I can go in a hundred different directions. I've got many things to say. I can say a lot about a lot of things, but I'm not really interested about saying a lot of things, uh, uh, many things about all these different subjects. I'm only interested in hearing hearing from heaven and having the mind and the wisdom of heaven concerning whatever heaven wants to deposit within you for that day. And sometimes that'll look like the Holy Spirit will allow us to go through a series for five, six, seven weeks. Sometimes it'll look that way. Sometimes it might be a different word every weekend. It doesn't matter as long as we are hearing from heaven and come on, uh, uh, dispensing that which heaven is wanting us to dispense. And it's a very different thing than coming up behind the pulpit just because I have a message. I don't care what theological message you have. It's not, I'm not bashing anybody. That's not what I'm doing. Do you have the Spirit of God that is alive and well working within you? Is there something? I mean, is there, is there something that, come on, I'm talking about the overflow because the, when I'm functioning, I'm functioning in the overflow of heaven. I don't wanna give you what I had two weeks ago. I wanna give you what the overflow is saying right now. Amen? Amen. 
Somebody say this, the spirit of revelation. You know, in the book of Mark, and actually you can look in Matthew chapter 13 from verse 13 onwards, but then you can also go right over to the book of Mark where, where it talks about the same thing uh, in Mark, uh, sorry, Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 10 uh, uh, Mark 4 verse 10, it says, But when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom, but to God, uh, but to those who are outside, uh, all, the, all things come in parables seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Come on, seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand. So not only is the spirit of revelation coming forth because Jesus is saying, seeing that they may see, Some of them see, but they don't see. Some of them hear, but they don't hear. Some see and they see. Some hear and they hear. Some see and then they don't see. Some hear and they don't hear. Jesus is still the living Word, revelation in the flesh, talking to people and yet His audience is still unable to hear the words that are coming out of His mouth. Oh my. If... If it were the case that they knew who was talking to them, He would never have dealt with religion the way that He dealt. The religious people were blind. Having eyes to see, they cannot see. Having ears to hear, they cannot hear. Why? Because their mind was caught up on the Messiah to come and they were so caught up on what the Messiah would look like. They were so stuck in their mindset of what Jesus and how He would come. He came born in a manger. Are you with me? He was not, the, I mean, to the religious people of the day, the Sadducees, uh, the, 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 what is it? The Sadducees, the uh, the Pharisees, I was going to say Philistines. <laughs> the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Woodensees and the Couldensees. Those guys, uh, they, 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 they were expecting, come on, a mighty Roman, I mean, not a, a mighty Jewish soldier that was gonna lead them into battle and they were gonna conquer Rome. They were gonna conquer everything. So when he came along, he resembled nothing that they, that, 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 nothing on what they thought he would look like. And so seeing they could not see and hearing they could not hear, unless the spirit of revelation, Peter, uh, who do men say that I am? Some say you're this, some say you're that. What, who do you say? Uh, blessed, he said, uh, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, listen, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Seeing Peter, it doesn't say that there, but I'm just continuing. Seeing Peter, you can see. Hearing Peter, you can hear. Why? Because evidently Peter hadn't locked up the Messiah into what everybody else locked him into. 
And by virtue of that revelation, he could then tap into the Christ, the anointed one, in the capacity that he came in. Are you with me? Anything short of that revelation means they could not receive from the one and what he came to do. In other words, they could not tap into his deity. Are you well? Come on, somebody. Half the church world has, I mean, I'm just saying, half of, half of what we're hearing is, is we, we're in this place and we're not tapping into the person because hearing we hear, we hear with the mind of logic. And this is not about the logic of men. This is about spiritually understanding. Your spirit must be awakened, not your head. The power of God is not in the logic of the gospel. The power of God is in the spirit that which has come on his spirit quickening our spirit. Are you with me? Paul the apostle. Oh. I would love to just sit for one moment with him. But Paul the Apostle, what did he say about, come on, now mind you, the Apostle Paul, greatly intelligent man who was being raised up to be the next high priest. But he says, I count everything that I have known to be what? Oh. Scubula. He counts everything that he's known to be Dung. Somebody say dung. Now we could use some other choice words here this morning, but not to offend you, we won't go there, but we all understand what dung is. I get to experience dung every day. What do I mean by that? I have a one-year-old and I change that diaper every day. At least one time I'm in charge of replacing the dung with something clean. And Paul says he counts every, oh, come on, you've got to understand where I'm going here. He counts everything that he knew as what? Take a baby diaper and imagine it full of dung right now. Sorry, I have to do this to you. I've got to get you to go there. What, what was he referring to as dung? Not just knowledge. What, what, okay, yes, it was knowledge of what? What, what was he talking about? He counts everything that he was being raised up to be what? Okay, so everything that he was being raised up for, everything that he knew, he counted as the stuff inside of the diaper. I'm not even gonna go down the details. I'll just let your head go there because if I say some of the things, you are going to be mortified by what I have to tell you. Everything means everything. He counts everything. And yet in the church today, we are celebrating the things that Paul called dung. Mm. I didn't say it. I'm just having the Word help you here. Because I don't want to say it. I want the Word to help you. I want the spirit of revelation. So there is a deconstructing, God said, to reconstruct. And that is what we are here sent to do. God said you need to deconstruct to reconstruct. We cannot build upon the old. Right. 
Because if we build upon the old, if you do what you've always done and expect a different result, it's called a form of insanity. But yet we continue to, uh, I mean, and not only, not only does Paul call it dung, and not only does he call it, not only does he call it dung, but we actually make it look like it is the icing on the cake because we magnify it instead of calling it poop. Now, that being said, let me just bring it into context. Because the things he called poop was saying, listen, that is all shadows. Could you please get out of the shadows and come into the substance? You're over here trying to celebrate shadows. You're sitting around doing all of these things things that was all about revealing Him and you're practicing all this crap over here and yet we've got Jesus over here. Somehow, why is it even in the church in 2022 that we think Jesus is not good enough? Because by our practice and the things that we do, we're saying, yes, Jesus is good enough, but... Let's add a little bit of this and add a little bit of that. Add a little bit of this and add a little bit of... No, Paul was saying, I count everything. How many of you understand that Paul actually had a greater revelation than any of us put together on what that looked like before that he called dung? So if we wanna argue the point, go to the Apostle Paul and argue that with him because he said all of that stuff that we try to celebrate, he says, that's all dung. Jesus is incomparably far greater and superior to anything that the old could have provided. He is the substance of what all of that stuff was pointing to. Your focus, church, should be on the substance and His name is Jesus. Don't deviate. The power is in the person, the power. There is no power in this. There's not even a gram of power in there. Somebody say the spirit of revelation. Don't shout me down now. Because you know it's the truth. And the truth will set you free. New wineskin. Somebody say, I am a new wineskin. Even the new wineskins, it's covenantal language. Why? Because you can't put old, you can't put new wine into an old wineskin. Why? Because that old wineskin has already been through its process of stretching as much as it possibly can. And if you put new wine into the old wineskin, the process is going to start all over again. It does not have the capacity. Listen to what I'm telling you right now. The old wineskin does not have the capacity for the new wine. Are you with me? And so what is the new, the the new wineskin must be filled with the new wine. And that is talking about the old and the new. Why? So let me just, just like Paul said, I count everything as dung compared to Jesus Christ. And Jesus is giving a similar picture there that new wine belongs in the new wineskin. You can't put new wine in the old wineskin. Why? He's also saying that the old wineskin is incapable of producing the ability to bring us into what Jesus is offering us in the season of the new wineskins. 
I'm just telling you. And what is it also saying? Is the new wine is far greater than the old wine, old wine skin. Why? Because the old wine skin will burst. It cannot handle it. All right, we're going to go through one more, one more scripture here. Somebody say one more. Somebody say the spirit of revelation. How many of you feel like the Lord is speaking to you this morning? Hallelujah. Joshua chapter number one, if you have your Bibles. I want to read something here quickly for you. <clears throat> I always love preachers saying they want to read something quickly. Uh, so just give me some grace and mercy here. We'll, we'll be almost done. This is my concluding part. And there's so much more to this. But remember, I'm just kind of weaving this, how the Spirit of God is leading me this morning. And verse one says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. It doesn't mean he was the son of nobody. Just that was his name, the son of none, all right? This, uh, Moses' assistant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan and you and all this people to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given to you as I said to Moses. Somebody said, as I said to Moses. So obviously here, Joshua is talking about, uh, here we, my servant Moses is dead. And then the Lord is speaking and says, as I was with Moses. So the same way that I was, uh, the same way that I anointed Moses, listen, I'm gonna be with you as I was with Moses. So I'm gonna be with you, all right? From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and the land of the Hittites, the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory and no man shall be able to stand before for you in the days of your life as I was with Moses. Say that, as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this, uh, to this people you should divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all according to all uh, the law that my, my, Moses, my servant, commanded you to not turn from the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. And this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth for you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe it to do according to all that is written with it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous three times. And then he says, my servant Moses is dead. As I was with Moses, shall I be with you? As I was with Moses, shall I be with you? The same way that I was with Moses, I will be with you. But let's just go ahead and stop here. He says here, my servant is Moses, my servant Moses is dead. Somebody say that my servant Moses is dead. He has a revelation of my servant Moses is dead. There's too many people that are trying to bring in the mosaic wineskin into a season that belongs to the Joshua generation. Are you with me? My servant Moses is dead. We have camped out 
in what we know in the meantime, God is bringing something fresh. If you're gonna, if you are not of the understanding that my servant, come on, we are in a new season and a new day. God is currently in the earth speaking a fresh word. Are you with me? And you cannot go into what God is wanting you to go in, trying to bring your head in with it. You need to understand that everything that exalts itself, every thought that, that, that needs to be taken, what is a thought that needs to be taken captive? It's not just thoughts of impurity, of, of adultery. It's not just those kind of thoughts, the big ones that we know about. It's not about uh, your craving to do something that is sinful or lust. It's not even about that. Those are things that we should bring to obedient to the cap, uh, to the to the obedience of every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. But I'm actually talking about religious teaching that is holding you back from experiencing all that heaven has to put more emphasis. I am talking specifically to that which the Apostle Paul called done. Hallelujah. Don't argue with me, I'll argue with Paul. How many of you know Paul wrote two thirds of the new covenant? Wasn't even an eyewitness of Jesus like the other apostles. And yet he still wrote two thirds, two thirds of the New Testament and the epistles. I think he knew a couple of things. See, what we look like as a New Testament 2022 church is found after the cross. When does the new covenant begin? When Jesus says what? Okay, so Matthew chapter one, verse one, isn't the beginning of the new covenant. No, that's the story that paves the way for his entrance into the world so that he can eventually go to the cross, which, the cross, which is the crux and the pinnacle of his ministry. Why? So that he can bring us out of one age and usher us into a new age. Not new age, new covenant, new testament. And that time is you and I, we are that church. What that looks like, we find in the book of Acts and onward. That doesn't dismiss the rest of the Word of God, not at all. The whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation is the inspired Word of God. Are you with me? How we walk it out is completely different. How we manifest it and how that looks is different. And I'm on the side of Jesus, but I'm also on the side of the Apostle Paul that understands that there's a lot of dung that's crept into the church. What? That little leaven that leavens the whole lump. If we think that there's no leaven in the church, then we're blinded. And if we think that we're incapable of having leaven, we're in trouble. Even that word that she brought this morning, that's a powerful word because that's exactly how I see it. 
God has got to break down the building to reconstruct the building. Because what did Jesus say? Build your house on the rock. Because if it's not built on the rock, when the storms come, it's all going to crumble. It's going to be a house of cards. Are you with me? But if you build on the rock, on who He is, you're going to be, come on, you're going to be like a tree planted by the water. There's going to be health. There's going to be sustenance. There's going to be life that flows in you and through you. And you've got to be able to be mature enough to also understand that God has used individuals over the seasons of your life. You've got to understand my servant Moses is dead, but God never actually, your servant Moses that's dead, uh, whatever uh, whatever, and however you've, whatever you've been through, that, that's not a dishonouring of Moses, but it is an embracing of Joshua. It is an embracing of Jesus. It is an embracing of what God never left you abandoned. God never left the children of Israel abandoned after the death of Moses. Are you with me? We're still mourning Moses. In the meantime, God's already got us in a place where He's provided something fresh and something new. Are you with me? And you can't have the new wineskin while you're still holding on to the old. It's impossible. It's impossible. I'm almost done. Promise. I say that because I feel like there's one or two more things that are going to come out here. You know, some, and I've gotten beyond the point where, where I'm concerned about what people's opinions are of me. We came here, we never decided to, to come and use the, the help of men to, to, to build the church. And we were offered an opportunity to raise up hundreds of thousands of dollars to come here and do it. Lafayette did not need another church. We're not in competition with anybody. No, we're, we're not even in competition. They might think we are, but we're not. We're, we have no competition. <laughs> we're, not even, we're not even trying to do anything that the way they're doing. We we're not even trying to do things that way. Now, if I came with the help of man trying to do that, I, we're not even trying to do man's system. I remember coming out of that meeting where I was offered the opportunity to do this thing like, like we usually do and, and whatever. And I'm not knocking. That's not, good for, that's not what God's called us to do. We just felt like when I walked out of that meeting, it felt like somebody was trying to put Saul's armour on me. Felt sick. The intentions were pure, but I couldn't put on Saul's armour. Saul was actually, his intentions for, for David were good. 
but he didn't want to put on Saul's armour because Saul's armour represents the hand of the flesh. And then what happened if David took on Saul's armour, which was heavy, felt uncomfortable, he couldn't move. But let's just say he put on Saul's armour and he defeated Goliath. Who would have got credit? The hand of man would have got credit. Saul, you know, if it wasn't for your armour, we would never have been able to do this. God spoke to me again, and I, and I like to say it because you will hear me. My story doesn't change. It's going to stay the same because it's the story. It is what the Lord told me. He took me right to Abraham when he goes to take his nephew Lot that was captured, and, 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 and uh, he meets with Melchizedek. And before that, the king of Sodom, just after that, the king of Sodom comes to him, and he says, because he t- took all of the king of Sodom stuff as well, and, and the king of Sodom says, hey, just give me back my men. And you know what Abraham's response was? No. I'm not touching a thing of yours. Just give my men what's supposed to be theirs, but I will not take a thing from you. Not even, not a single thing, lest you say that by your hand, Abraham is blessed. In other words, Abraham was saying, we're not gonna wear Saul's armour here. And when we are blessed, only God will be able to take the credit for it. And that is the stance that we've taken in coming here. But the point to saying that I don't, I'm not here to, to, to and, and, I, and I mean this, because with every fibre of my being and with the love of God, please don't misunderstand my tone as having arrogance. People that have been here with us now, you know, we, we've been in this building since January 9th, but we've been going from one house to another house to a set up, tear down building. And now we're here and God's taking us from glory to glory. They've gotten to know our hearts and built relationship enough. They're close to home enough to know where our heart's coming from. But I can tell you that I can tell you that I can tell you, listen, we've got to be able to deconstruct. And every once in a while, I'll just throw this provocative thought out. I know what I'm saying because the way that you currently think, I was already there. I've been through a lot of the old wineskin. I've been there. I preach the things. I see what you say. I hear what you're saying. I used to be in a lot of those places. I'm not saying that I'm some, I've arrived and I'm in some spiritual place, but I am trying to tell you I've been there and I'm on the other side of the river and I'm saying, come over here. Would you please let go of some of the stuff that you're holding on to? Or is there too much pride in you to actually realise that some of the stuff I'm holding on to is, is holding me back? We, we glorify things that the Apostle Paul called dung. It's still there, I see it. And I'm trying to say, would you be free of that? Quit trying to take some of the credit. Please let go. It's got nothing to do with you. It's all because of Him. And if you stone me today, stone me because I'm pointing to Jesus only. Because I'm not pointing to myself. That which I have, that which I carry, the treasure on the inside of me by which I can be bold and confident to talk to you about is not in my flesh, it is about Him. So if you stone me or you are offended by what I say, then stone me for pointing to Jesus. 
because I will take no other stone for at my cost, at my expense, but I will gladly take a stone for him. Yeah, go ahead. Hallelujah. So during worship, uh, when Noel gave that word about the deconstructing to rebuild, uh, the Lord really spoke to me about that, but I didn't really, I kind of sat on it, chewed on it, and then he told me to look up, uh, you know, uh, the grain of wheat that, that falls, the seed that falls to the ground. So I looked it up, and it's John twelve twenty three, and it there's a little bit to this, but it's, Jesus said, the hour has come, the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it remains it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If you serve me, let him follow me where I am. There my servant is also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. But what came to me was that was kind of just confirming. I prayed that prayer in 2015, 2016, and I prayed, Lord, let and this is, it's corporate too. Lord, let us lay down how we've seen it, how we've done it, and let it die. Like you said, Moses is dead. It's in the past. It's not dishonoring because great things have come out of these previous moves and these previous systems that men have constructed from a good place in the heart. It's just religion is like doing the right thing for too long. So it's time to move on, but it's like, even when, like, so when she said that and we went back into that, what was in my heart is if you sincerely prayed that or you sincerely sung that, Lord, build your church, build it from the ground up, let the old things die so that we don't abide alone. What came to me is what kind of part of my story is when I prayed that prayer in 2016, life got crazy all hell broke loose and my perspective on spiritual warfare changed because I would come to the Lord and say, Lord, what door was open? What's going on? And he said, nothing. You prayed for this. You're back on the potter's wheel. Come on. So if you're sincere (laughs) and that's what you prayed, which you should, and we, we are as the church, we're letting him kill those things that don't bring forth fruit and raise up the church. Build it. If you're sincere, don't be surprised. <laughs> Things you will perceive as an attack could just be what you prayed for. Amen. So that's Come it. on. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's, can we give Jesus a shout of praise here this morning? I, I always like to say this in moments like these because periodically you'll hear me coming out with a fervor let that fervor be understood that it's coming from a place of passionate, passionate emotion of the Spirit. Because the Bible talks about, you know, even when Paul says, you know, I didn't come to you with men's philosophy. I came to you with the power that your faith not, might not rest in the, in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He said that, he said, it's not about me, but he came. He said, look, I came to you with fear and trembling. 
And, and, and that's all I'm trying to say today. Let my passion be understood that I am trying to step out of the way with the hopes that the Holy Spirit can bring such an understanding. You know, it's, it's, it's not good enough. We're not going into this next season trying to keep some of the layers that we have and build upon it. No, we're building. We're going to mess up the foundation. That's what we're doing. Amen? Amen. Go, go. When, go and study for yourself. When Paul says, I count it all to be as dung, go find out what he was talking about. And then ask yourself the question. The many things that I am practicing in the name of the Lord. Just bring this. Is this part of what Paul was calling dung? Church, I'm telling you right now, listen to me clearly. I'm not interested in being the voice of what everybody else is saying. John the Baptist was a voice crying out in the wilderness. He wasn't trying to win a popularity contest. He wasn't trying to get on board with what everybody else was saying. He was only there to declare. And if we are never being challenged, then there is a problem. If, if spiritually we're not being challenged, there is a problem. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. I'll just end off with that right now. Hallelujah. If you want to know a lot about that, then you're welcome to ask me. But you might not like what I have to tell you. Go ahead. I want to ask you a question. Yes. Um, two weeks ago. Yes. I'm coming to church. I saw a road sign I had never seen before. And it said Eagle's Nest. And I used to belong to an outreach called Eagle's Nest. So God's talking, uh, I guess it's God's talking to me because it, it's not something I thought of. And he said, there are eagles and there are vultures. You saw the eagle's nest two weeks ago. All right, so we're going to be, this is our dismissing, this is our dismissal for today. Let me just go ahead and tell you this. Okay, carry on. Did you want to say more? Right. So I just, he, he talks to me on the way to church. How, well, that is, what does that mean? You should be on your way to church more often. <laughs> I'm just shocked. <laughs> when he first said that's when you spoke, he spoke to me. I sat in the church and I didn't say anything then. And he, you sat there and you said, y'all. Come on. And you said, all of you in here are eagles. Amen. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer the eagle's nest thing. Are you still finishing up? Yeah. Okay. Well, are you, okay. well let me just answer this. All right. We're going to dismiss everybody. Just remember, if you are writing out checks today, to, if you're giving an offering and tithes offerings, make sure your checks are written out to DRM 
or I'm going to get back to the Destiny Revival Ministries. There's envelopes over there. If you are watching by way of live stream, go to www.destinyrevivalministries.com. Click on the Give Today button where you can give safely and securely. And then for online and in the room, if you are giving, we also have the way to give from your smartphone. Just go to the following number, 337-434-3777. Text the word GIVE to that number. And it will give you a link where you can click on to give there. So let's just leave that at that. So that's for you online. Um, but to answer your question, and we can go ahead and cut the um, live feed. And I, to do I, I just wanted to respond to you before we... Right. So dung, absolutely, go ahead. Correction is not rejection, it's for your protection. Correction is not for your rejection. So many people, you know, we, and, 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 uh, and y'all can be dismissed. Whoever needs to go, I just want to say this. I come from South Africa. I'm proud to be American. But I will tell you that, remember this, I am just a return on the harvest that this great nation has sown to the countries of the world. Do you understand that? America is in need of help, all right? And all I am is God sending me back to say thank you for what y'all did for us. And I'm saying I'm here to assist in a season where you guys as a church need assistance. That doesn't make me arrogant, I'm just telling you. So to answer that eagle's nest thing is you're right in line with exactly what the Lord's saying today. God has said this place is an eagle's nest. And remember what I said about the eagle. The eagle goes for fresh meat. And God says, this is a house of fresh manna. God says, this is a house of fresh revelation. And He's causing those people that having eyes see and ears hear. God's not gathering. There's people that will come and go, but God is gathering a people. Remember, He's raising up an army. Right now, we're on our way to the 120, just like in the upper room. And then God said, once we're done with that 120, we're going to go to Gideon's 300. And so right now we're, we're raising, we're on our way. We're quickly on our way to being the 120 in the upper room. And I'm just telling you, why are you saying 120? Can't we? Do? Yes, we can. But God has strategically planned. When we get to 120, we're going to quickly. It's not about numbers. We don't care about that by now. Trust me, if we wanted numbers, we would have gone with the way that man is doing things. This is not the hour to build church man's way. I'm telling you right now, COVID-19 just happened to us in, since 2020. Let me just go ahead and tell you flat out, if you think that, that that's the end of it all, no, they've got other sinister things planned for the world and doing church man's way will not cut it. You're going, the, the, the way forward is to have the power of God and to have the uncompromised Word of God. That is the only way the church is going to survive because it's already apparent that people have forgotten the two or three year season that we're just coming out of, out of this thing and they're becoming complacent all over again. Like it never happened. And we were already caught with our pants down the first time. God help us not to be caught with our pants down the next time. So 
So we're not trying to do things man's way here. We are serious. We believe in the God of this Bible, that His power is real. He's still the God that heals. He is still the God that raises the dead. He is still the God that does the miracles. He is still the God that will take the little bit that you have and He will multiply to feed the the thousands and the multitudes. Amen? Hallelujah. So that's all we're saying. Come on, this is what this church is about. Remember, we're not just a church. Somebody say this, we are a movement. Come on, say this, I have eyes to see. Say, I have ears to hear. Say this with me, I am a movement in Jesus' Name. Hallelujah, give Jesus a shout of praise. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you and have a wonderful lunch.